Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to our Giro Reste edition of the Band of Brothers podcast. Today we're going to be joined by Bob Jungels and we'll be talking all things Giro. So Bob, thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me guys. And thanks as always to you Andreas as well. Yeah, ciao Steph, ciao Bob. I hope both of you enjoyed a lovely rest day. Uh, so far it's uh, it's been pretty good, yeah. Like I said already before, a long a long nap and um, yeah, sunny ride for once. Um, so it's been good so far. At least it's sunny on the rest day. That's good. Exactly. Bob, before we look at the Giro, let's first talk about your spring and early season. I think all went pretty smooth until uh, Paris. Um, let us know a little about your winter. Yeah, everything went pretty smooth until uh, until it didn't. So. Um... No, I think I had a very good uh, preparation together with the team. I was super happy to, you know, start um, start off with the uh, with the new squad. And um, yeah, well, then in Paris, um, like almost every year, a couple of riders fell uh, fell sick, um, and also, yeah, including myself, I was I wasn't feeling one hundred percent, especially during the last stages. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we we found out that actually, you know, I had like a small asthmatic reaction, probably uh, still due to COVID I had last year, um, together with like combined with the uh, with the flu or whatever it was um, that we had in Paris, um, yeah, which sidelined me for for three weeks. Um, I wasn't on the bike for three weeks, uh, more or less. So um yeah that was a major cut into my into my spring and and um and then I had to yeah find myself again after after that after that break. So tell us a little bit about the break that was longer than expected for you. What sort of things were you doing during that time in the lead up to returning to racing? I mean to be honest it wasn't uh it wasn't like a usual break it was more uh yeah it was a bit of a pain in the ass to be honest because Obviously, um, yeah, I took a couple of days off, um, hoping it would be it would be all right. Uh, included a lot of you know like tests and <clears throat> for the lungs, for for the heart, for everything more or less. Until we, you know, like after I think maybe two weeks, we finally found out what um, um, what was going on before we really could could start a treatment. Also, so um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best of times. Yeah, uh, being at home, not not being able to really ride my bike. Um, I tried more or less, you know, every day to go on the bike, but uh, every time I just had like after half an hour, I had a headache, um, didn't feel good. So called the doctor again, called the coach again, and um, yeah, went back home and uh, more or less waited until the day passed. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. Um, obviously, it's always somehow nice to be at home where you can you know see your family and friends but it was just it just wasn't the the right time to do so um but yeah now i'm i'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, to be healthy on my bike again the build-up and the recovery so first the recovery after Paris and then the new build-up after you found out what the problem was um 
took quite a long time and was a slow process. But when was the first time someone spoke to you about uh, maybe going to the Giro? Well, I mean, obviously there wasn't, you know, it took a long time, but there wasn't much time to, to decide um, if, I, if I was going to do the Giro or not, uh, just because, you know, there, there's not many weeks in between the, like the Spring Classics and, and the Giro. So, um, I think right away when I, you know, when we saw that I really couldn't, um, really couldn't do already the, the Flemish classics, um, and I didn't train until probably after, after Roubaix, um, then it was pretty clear that we had, um, no option also for the, um, for the Dan classics. And then I think we, you know, I was really keen to, to go for, to go for the Giro. Um, I also mentioned that to, to my coach, uh, Paolo and, uh, spoke quite a bit with, um, with Gaspar also. And, um, yeah. And then afterwards, uh, it was basically the team that decided, um, if I was going to do, uh, the Giro or not. And, um, uh, so yeah, I went, I went a couple of days to, to, um, to Italy actually for training together with my coach um to restart training more or less uh before going straight to Romandy and then yeah it was a bit you know during during Romandy then um we actually I had the official um uh, communication that uh, that I was going to do the Giro so can you tell us now that you are here at the Giro what is your role here and what is also your personal goal that you might have here I mean, obviously, my goal um, or my role, more or less, uh, more is is uh, a bit different than um, maybe in pre previous years, uh, or I'm used to uh, to doing GC. Um, so yeah, I think I'm here to, you know, first of all, progress myself, but uh, but then also, you know, help Lenny and and Alex for um, for their ambitions um to to support them in in their ambitions for uh, for GC uh which are you know looking pretty good right now um so yeah it's a bit of a new uh a new role for for myself but I I quite like it to be honest um especially coming you know not at 100% into the giro um it's always nice to have a little bit you know less pressure and less uh, less responsi responsibility, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's always um, it's always stressful, um, especially with two uh, with two leaders. But um, yeah, uh, like I said, so far it's uh, it's been a good it's been a good week. I really like it, and um, yeah, we hope to continue like that. Is the Giro also part of that process of rebuilding your form and shape? towards the next big goals in the season yeah i mean it the Giro obviously is a is is one of the big goals of the season um especially for the team and i am i'm, I'm very happy to be you know part of that um right now uh for myself obviously uh, like i said i didn't start this Giro with you know at at 100 but um i also saw during the first week that i was you know my shape was getting better so um You know there might be there might be an option um, to get a free card um, one of the next days or, or, or during during the last week. So um, no, I mean 
obviously it's a it's a super important race and i don't want to i don't want to look too much um you know to to next uh, next goals coming up uh, first we got two more weeks here with uh, with plenty of opportunities for for myself and for uh, especially for the team improving shape over a three week bike race how does that work for me it just looks like getting more and more tired every day i mean you know grand tours have always been um something i really liked um and you know that's the case also because i uh i just recover quite uh, quite well um I always I always have a pretty pretty strong third week in a in a Grand Tour. Um, um compared to, you know, maybe a first week where it, it would always be very hard for me to come to uh, to compete with um you know pure climbers for example, whereas in the last week um uh, things might look, you know, a bit different. So um yeah, I've always been able to, you know, progress normally and and um and get better or, or at least stay the same where others maybe you know lose some um some shape or some uh, some power so yeah i'm really hoping that um that's going to be the same this year it's going to be the same at this giro which you know would mean that i could use um or could get one or one or the other opportunity for uh for a stage result and um obviously help help Lenny and Alex um to uh to complete their um their ambitions. Okay, now let's talk about the race. Um how did you see the favorites during the first week? Have there been any surprises from your per from your perspective? Um yeah, well obviously this week has been plenty of surprises. Um but Yeah, I mean, starting with the first time trial, I would say that uh, Remco was very, very impressive that day. Um, I have to say, in general, uh, probably for me the biggest. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say surprise, but it's um, it's um, impressive to see um, how strong Ineos is actually as a, you know, in general as a team uh, with all with all his all their riders. Um, Other than that, I think nobody really showed any, you know, like crazy weaknesses. Um, obviously, two days ago was a bit of a, you know, a test on that Cappuccini climb, um, where you know, Primoz was um, was obviously the strongest on um, on that kind of on that kind of um, ascent. But I, um, yeah, I think I was also. Personally, I was happy to um, to see that that um, you know our leaders wanted to take uh, the initiative also and show that we were in the race, which is always a pretty good sign. Um, even uh, if after all we, you know, they lost a couple of seconds, but um, I think in general um, I would say it's a very good, um, very good start so far for us, um, and no major weaknesses. Um, from any other contenders um well until you know yesterday in the time trial uh when uh, unfortunately unfortunately uh Remco had to pull out with um with covid um which you know I obviously hope that is not going to affect uh the race too much because uh, it starts to 
you know, really, really get annoying for us. And tell us from what you see from Alex and Lenny, how are they faring? How have they fared in the first part of the Giro? And are you where they wait? Are they where you expected them to be at this point? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's uh, um, they're both very interesting characters, very different. Um, I'm in a room with Lenny. Um, I uh, um, no, I think it's it's um, like I said, a very good start for the team. Uh, they are both, I think, uh, quite happy with their uh, performances. Um, I have to say, the trend uh, is going, you know, upwards, which is always a very good sign. Um, especially in a, you know, in a week where we had lots of bad weather, um, which is, you know, physically not, not the easiest thing, uh, um, neither is it mentally. So um, they are both still in a very good place, I think. Um, I think Alex showed a super strong time trial yesterday uh, on the climbs, they're up there. Um, and I think especially mentally, like I said, they, uh, they are in a good place. Obviously, Alex is always you know, a bit more calm. Uh, Lenny's a bit more, uh, you know, impulsive, I would say, which um, you, which is nice actually, because um, you need uh, you need that kind of combination sometimes to, uh, you know, to um, to get a race started or, or to, to have an action like like two days ago um, on that on that Cappuccini climb, which I think you know was again was a it was a good. Uh, it was a good thing to do. Um, so yeah, I, I actually, uh, I actually think that uh, they're both on a, on a very good way towards, um, you know, their top shape. Maybe to, you know, get these last two three percent um, for their, for the last two weeks actually. Um, on paper, the second week includes some stages that could be pretty tricky, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think. The Giro always has some, um, you know, like tricky, tricky stages, tricky finals, uh, like we saw it already in, uh, uh, in, um, in the first week, um, especially if, you know, when the weather is, is, is not good. Uh, it's always a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a mess, but um, I would say that every stage is uh, complicated if you want it to. So, uh it's always it's always um you know important just to be um to be up there to be um you know to to pay attention and uh yeah to to get yourself into that mess and and not lose any time um speaking for for lenny and and, and alex now uh and i think for us it's important that we um you know just support them and do our best to um you know, to help them not to lose time uh, and, and not too much energy. How much GC movement do you expect during this uh, upcoming week now? Or is it rather still saving energy for the super hot final week? I mean, to be honest, I think, you know, Grand Tours, they are pretty, um, I wouldn't say simple, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I think everybody is, you know, preparing as good as they can the race is getting harder and harder uh the organizers they find you know something right and left and some small climb and some tricky final somewhere so everybody's always going to be you know super on edge so i don't think um it's even possible that there will be any you know like 
major movements or um, if it's not due to crashes or illnesses, which we don't hope. Um, but in, I think in terms of performance, um, it's just not... I wouldn't recommend anybody to, you know, go big in the second week and then uh, probably die off in the last one. Um, that's just how these Grand Tours are built nowadays, which obviously is sometimes a little bit frustrating for the people, for the spectators. Um, but we just don't have another choice because, you know, like I said, everybody's prepared 100%. Um, the race is getting so hard, you have to be super focused every day. Um which, you know, is not possible if you, um, if you shoot all your bullets in the second week, then um, you're gonna lose it in, in the third week, which nobody wants to. So um, I don't expect anything super crazy in the second week. No. Having a look at the route in week two, have there been any particular places that you've pinpointed that will be particularly difficult as such? Well, to be very honest, I really. Um, I'm more someone who looks uh, from day to day, so I haven't really had a look uh, at the stages. But um, I mean, it's always it's always um, if if I look for myself, um, maybe for you know an opportunity if I get a free card or something um, to play, then you know it's always a little bit how you feel also when when the race just starts. Uh, you obviously know if it's a um, if it's a hard stage or if it's like a super crazy mountain stage, then I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to spend uh, two hours trying to get into the breakaway. But, um, I mean, there is a there is a stage uh, finish in Bergamo. I'm not sure if it's the second or the third week, um, you know, which personally I think is interesting for me because uh, I have already won um, at that exact same um finish i think even exactly six years ago uh on that day so um which is you know interesting but um like i said we have to you know look at it day by day and um as i mentioned before it's just everybody's like super on edge all the time especially now with the bad weather um so we really you know have to take it um as it comes and then um you know, be happy when uh, every day that's done without losing time and getting into the third week, um, hopefully in the same position as we are right now. I would absolutely um, love to see you in a breakaway. Uh, will there be some freedom for you? Uh, maybe also Patrick Conrad, for example. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see myself in a breakaway. Um, but uh, uh, you know how it is. It's always... Um, it's always complicated to, you know, I don't want to say abandon your, um, abandon your leaders, but it's, uh, um, there's obviously two kinds of breakaways where you can, you know, be like a kind of a relay station, um, towards the final, in, um, um, for Alex or for Lenny. Um, and then there's the personal, uh, ambitions, uh, in a breakaway, which, um, which is obviously obviously very different, um, and I also think think that um, stages where I could have a free card to go for myself uh, for my own you know result um, that would be a stage that is not like super crazy complicated where they um, where the team leaders really need um, everyone to support them so. 
Um, I really hope so. I'm probably not the right person to ask uh, if I will get some freedom, um, but I sure hope so. And um, I, yeah, I believe that some some opportunities will open up for sure. Um, how do you think the dropout of Remco will now affect the, yeah, the next two weeks? Also, in terms of game plan from from other teams, UAE, Ineos, and Jumbo. Yeah, well, I mean, it's always it's always one 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 contender less. So, um, in the end of the day, I think um, when the Giro started, he clearly looked like um, the strongest uh, the strongest guy. So, uh, obviously, you know the other uh, the other teams, the other contenders, they had to adjust. Um, adjust to that um, on the other hand obviously second and third week is always um, a bit different than uh, than the start of a Grand Tour um, but yeah I mean I, I don't expect anyone to really change their tactics because you know there's there's really not much you can you can change because uh, at the end of the day, GC is always a defensive game. It's it's uh, you know waiting and saving energy as much as possible until um, until the last couple of days where you can um, have the biggest impact. Just because everybody's completely um, completely tired, so um, I think that's that's a, that's an approach that won't change um, you know from any any of the GC contenders just because. Um, one of them is is out of the race now. So, Bob, thanks very much for joining us on this Giro Rest Day. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And Andal, thanks as always to you as well. Yeah, thank you, Steph, and uh, thank you, Bob, and enjoy the rest of your um, rest day in in Italy. Thank you so much. And last but not least, thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us once again. We trust you enjoyed this special Giro d'Italia themed episode and we hope to see you again for the next one. <laughs>